Hi, everybody. I'm Liana. And I'm Lucy Hage. And we're just, um, we're going to kind of goof off and tell our stories and hopefully have some gifts and tell other stories of how we ended up where we are in our careers and how we ended up in real estate. And um, I could, I think that we can learn a lot from each other. So I'm hoping by us telling our stories and our trials and our successes that um, we can inspire some others to do what we've done. Yeah. And I love it. And I really like the idea that you have a Lucy about sitting down and talking to people and, and sharing their stories because sometimes that feeling of being um, overwhelmed or maybe I dream of doing this, but it's not, must not be for me. Maybe it's for them, but it's, it's not for me. I couldn't do something like that. To be able to hear the stories and see maybe where other people have come from and, and the things that they did do to get over it and maybe how they surprised themselves. So again, anything we can do to help anyone else out there achieve their dreams, hopefully by sharing and laughing with you and being vulnerable and, and strong and showing all our sides will help make your world feel more possible. I'm really excited that we're finally getting to make this a reality and have a podcast and do our videos like we're supposed to. Um, and I thought a great way, I know we're going to have lots of topics planned, but it's just telling our story because everyone has an interesting story of why they got in real estate or how they ended up where they ended up in their career. And Liana, I can't believe that we've worked together almost a year now and I don't know your story. Isn't that funny? So, I know you have lots of fun background and different things you did before you got into real estate. But can you tell us how you got into real estate and why? I would love to, Lucinda. <laughs> it's been a journey. It's been a journey. So yes, I was going to be a movie star, just so you all know. I well, now practice. you are. Oh, yeah, now, yeah. now, now, <laughs> this, this is going to go viral and you're going to be a movie star. <laughs> I've practiced my signature. There you go. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> So many years. So we're on gonna that. we'll do an on on air <laughs> autograph later. So yes, it'll be the first yes, one. I, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yes, I um, against all odds was gonna be a movie star, and uh, so I started. Um, I, I graduated early and then went with a dance troupe and got a scholarship, and I was like, yes, I'm on my way to stardom, right? And uh, danced in Bellingham uh, for a while, and then they got a world tour. So after about a year and a half there, I came back to Seattle, and then I joined another dance company, Marco Pochar. And it's so funny when you're young how you don't know how awesome some of the things are that you did. Like later I went back and I, I looked up Marco Pochar, and I'm like, he was amazing. <laughs> no, I, like, I didn't know how special this was. <laughs> I didn't. It was so cool. And so I talked my way into their dance company and then I danced and performed with them. And then um, uh, we ended up, I talked them into moving the whole troupe to California. So then we were in California for a little while and they all kind of decided maybe this California wasn't for them. And I was like, I'm home. I'm here to my stardom. So I stayed. And then um, was just really blessed. I got to dance and perform for a lot of people. So one of my heroes was Ben Vereen. So I got to work and dance and, and audition with him in Seattle. And then 
Um, Janet Jackson, really amazing, one of the most challenging auditions I've ever done. And then I got to dance at the Hollywood Bowl for Gene Kelly um, with Doc Severinsen. I know, I say Ooh, Gene Kelly cool. and people are like, I know these he? things. <laughs> no, I know who Gene Kelly is. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I realized my age at that point. Um, and that was really fun. And I was doing a film at that time. And, it, you know, you just feel like you're going where you want to go. And then I realized later, I was like, oh, wow, I'm not a star. I have no retirement. And I don't want to live on a box on the side of the road. Maybe I should get a career or something that pays the bills. So <laughs> have a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, backup plan, just a little. So uh, anyway, we were near uh, 9-11 and my mom worked in a military um, building. And so I wanted to move back. It was so, I thought, okay, I got to be back close to family. At that point, so many people were doing film and video on their own. And then I came back and I tried, I tried mortgage. No, not my thing. Um, I honor our mortgage people. Um, and then eventually I found myself um, in title and escrow and pregnant with my first baby. Aww. Oh, it was the best thing ever. And then I, I started working with John L. Scott actually at the time. And I was introducing a very new um, idea called transaction coordinator. So I introduced that to three different companies and then had my child and went, oh, my Lord, I don't want anyone else to raise her. You know, it was so precious. And so the drive to be able to be with my family and be a profession in a profession that I was really proud of and that was challenging because life gets so boring if you're not challenged and there's nothing in the world that can challenge you like real estate. I really just don't think so. It's been a blessing every day. Um, and I was able to raise my daughter and then I had my son. And so that's what led me into real estate. And then I feel like the most blessed person ever to get to be here. We have the most loving group of people led by you, Lucinda, oh, with such well, a big I heart. I love, I'm so glad that you ended up here with us. I love the story of how you ended up here with us because it was our corporate office was trying to recruit you. Yes. And, yes. and then you ended up deciding to move to Oregon and your uh, Stormy kept sending your info to me. She's like, you should talk to her. You should talk to her. And and yes. then you just hit right time when we needed someone. So and for my world, too, it was the perfect time. So, yeah, your drive for excellence and commitment to moral standing and working with a heart and empathy is exactly where I needed to be. And I'm sorry, I really I don't feel that that is in every company. I've met so many companies and I I can love and respect so many companies, but. Lucinda, what you've created here is amazing. Oh, so you. I want to know how you got to where we get to be here and I get to work with you. Well, it's kind of a whirlwind. <laughs> I have to think back sometimes like, how did we end up here? Um, everybody says, well, was your family in real estate? And think that I inherited it or, right. you know, came from a background. And I actually had never thought about being in real estate. I didn't really identify with the idea of a real estate agent when I was younger because where I grew up there wasn't really real estate agents people didn't sell their homes you inherited your home when oh, I mean yeah. branches were passed down from family to family and you just didn't even hardly see for sale signs out so it it wasn't something I had thought about when I was younger I actually for a long time wanted to be a vet when I was a kid and then I was going to be 
But I remember back when I was probably about eight years old, I always really liked playing office with my sisters. And we would, if we were going to buy anything, we always had to order it because we, I grew up like a hundred miles from the nearest town. So you didn't go shopping, you could order. And Viking, do you remember like the Viking office supplies? They used to send you the huge catalogs. Everybody always talks about the wish book, Sears wish book. Well, mine was the Viking office supply catalog. I had a passion for it. And everybody knows now to so buy an office furniture. I love to buy office supplies. <laughs> and so I would get that. And I wanted an I executive desk really bad when I was a child. And so <laughs> I had saved my money and I went to the post office with my mom and got a money order and I ordered it through the mail from Viking and this huge semi came out to our ranch one day and he rolled up the door. I remember it was the only thing in there because I was probably the only one in that town that had ever ordered anything like that and they had to send a special truck because they had free delivery oh, and I got so my precious. executive desk that was all, it was just like prefab and it had to be put together and my dad was a contractor helping put it together and I think they still have that desk there because it was so big it had to be put together in the room it was in and it couldn't get moved out unless it took it apart but I love like I think that was the start of me really as a child dreaming of being an entrepreneur and I would play like office and and be I don't know if I was really my mom said I played being the boss but I don't remember ever having anybody to boss around so I don't know what I was a boss of but I would write memos I had a typewriter and I would write notes and letters and so I think there was a passion in me from the beginning for that but I went on to a lot of different things and I worked in the hospitality industry I worked in landscaping I got my EMT license and worked in my parent I was going to be a paramedic and do that and then ended up getting married and moving to um Yamhill, well, just outside of Yamhill County when I was in my early 20s. And I he didn't really like me pursuing that paramedic career as it was really tough hours yeah. and probably because I was going to be around firefighters and doctors all day. He didn't like that. So he's like, you know what you should do? He's like, you should get into real estate. My sister's in real estate and she's making you know lots of money. The market was booming then. I think it was 05. Oh, yeah. Then when okay, we were, yeah, yeah we, we had were. that big boom mm-hmm. in 05 mm-hmm. and um, and I was like, well, I don't know anything about sales. I'd never thought of having a sales job or anything like that, but he had bought the course cause he was going to do it and it was about to expire. It's still when you got a box of books and you went through oh. the books and then you'd go and take the, you know, tests every week somewhere. I think it was like pro schools and we had to have so, done it about the same time. Pr- probably. Yeah. 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 I think when we talked our licenses, we licensed about the same time. Yeah. So I was just really new to it but it was easy breezy after going through medical school like that I was like oh multiple choice this is awesome I was like I can do this so I think I took the course in about less than three months and got my license and then thought you know I went did the thing where you applied I applied at a bunch of different offices thinking that I was gonna have to interview to get hired not knowing that everybody wants to hire you and it's um, one of those scenes where you're interviewing them but I found an office in McMinnville Um, I really really liked the broker like she was very professional and went through the whole interview process and it was a woman-run company and really 
everybody was just so sweet when I went there and it was a Colwell Banker office. And I remember my only experience I did have is I had an aunt that lived in Seattle that was a commercial broker for Coldwell Banker. So when I was telling my parents my places I interviewed, my dad's like, well, you know, Aunt Susan works for Coldwell Banker. That's a nice brand. It's a good brand. And yeah. so I took the job there and I've been with the brand um, ever since then. And I knew right away when I got in that the sales side of it was not my passion, but I loved helping. I had some amazing agents around me that helped me grow my career and my broker and what she did. And she was a retired teacher. So she very much had a passion for training and teaching. And she just did a fabulous job mentoring me. I really felt like that's what I wanted to do. And I the first year she said to do a business plan because she wanted us to be organized and treat it like a business. And I put in my five-year plan that I wanted to be an owner or, um, you know, a manager at the very least by my fourth year. Um, and I didn't really know how I was going to get there and I didn't really tell anybody else but her. Um, and along the way, what happened is I ended up moving and going to a different Coldwell Banker office that was closer to my home. Um, in my third year or was just coming into my third year in real estate. And I, I was doing really well as rookie of the year, you know, had a large number of sales, got in with a builder, did a lot of new home construction sales. Um, I really loved working with seniors. I had a great referral business building up and then the market tanked. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh. middle of my third year and I'm like what is happening here nothing's selling prices are dropping nobody likes you anymore like you know you went from being a hero to like oh your fees are too much and you can't get my house sold uh so I was like Everything I don't know if I want to do this by the banks at that time too they'd start right and I had joined a cool the cool banker here in Newburgh um which was run by Chris Horn who oh. was another fabulous mentor um and she did an amazing job training she was so positive and she'd been through bad markets and she just stayed positive the whole time as it was shifting and helping all of us and we had to downsize we went from we were at one point the largest cool banker on the west coast Um, and definitely the biggest office in town to the recession. Like, I think we went from being probably 60 agents down to 16 agents, um, by the time we moved into the space downtown, which we loved, like she was so positive about it. Like we went from 5,000 square feet down to 1,200 square feet. And she's like, yeah, but look at all the places. We can go have lunch. We can just walk out the door and there's lunch and lunch. <laughs> and like she was, and she's like, I've always wanted a storefront window. I mean, we had a beautiful craftsman building down to this little space. She's like, but now we can paint the window at Christmas. Like she always oh, found. The, so, so I don't remember the, even though the downturn market made it tough, Fortunately, you know, I was very financially conservative and I just went to work every day. And then at the time, my husband at the time lost his job. Um, He'd been at a machine company for 15 years, really good job. And they decided to outsource to another country. So he came home. I came home one day and his toolbox was on the front porch because that's machinists had their own toolbox. And I looked and I said, did you lose your job today? (laughs) And he goes, they're closing. And he said, yeah, he said, there's everybody lost their jobs today. And I just remember getting back in my car and going back to the office. And I don't think I, I was like, I don't want to be here <laughs> that day. And I need to go back to work. So I just did open houses and, you know, sold foreclosures and learned to do short sales and just went to work every day. But in that 
process of really hustling and becoming the breadwinner for a while, um, it was really how I got, I was right in my fourth year when Chris was needed help and she needed a partner. And I had been coming in every day and helping train agents and work with the agents that it was just a natural fit. And I became her partner and then slowly bought her out, um, over the next couple years. And a lot of things changed in my life and ended up getting a divorce and had, you know, all this, I just devoted all my time to pouring it in. And I spent, you know, a lot of times just work till nine, 10 o'clock at night here in the office until the market started returning and we grew in agent size. We went, we were down all the way, I think to about seven agents, um, when we got to the bottom of things and then just slowly started growing it again. And I, I think that's why it was so personal. It's so personal to me because for a long time, that was the only family I had. Like my family lives, I have a wonderful family, but my family lives so far away that my real estate family really was my family. They were the, the people I saw every day. And, you know, we helped each other financially through bad times and, um, you know, Chris is definitely my family. She, you know, she, even though she's kind of retiring now, you still, you know, I, I think of her as family cause I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have probably stayed in this industry without people like her in my life mentoring me. And what a blessing and her positivity through really difficult ups and downs in this business taught me that. I mean, I still struggle like with mindset when bad things happen or disappointments happen, but I just remember, like, I remember probably the worst year we had where we barely could pay the bills. Like, I think her and I both pooled our money to even pay rent one December because but there was like one sale for yeah. two months. Like, you looked around in the top companies, there was still, they were like one, two sales a month. There was just nothing happening. That had to have been like 07, 06 yeah. to 07 Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and because... I, I remember she wanted to have a Christmas party anyway, and we we like pooled our money together to buy a Christmas tree and decorate the office, and um, we had a potluck Christmas party. I just remember very vividly, and I have a picture of her and I decorating the window, and just like you would just never know. Like yeah. we were broke. <laughs> well, I didn't know, <laughs> know if we knew how we were going to pay the rent the next month, but I just remember enjoying the camaraderie and the love and the passion for helping others grow and um, it was so at that time, I think when you go through that experience, like there's a lot of abundance in this industry where people think agents yeah. are making a lot of money. And when you get to that point where a sale is the difference between you being, having a home and not having a home, um, next month for an agent and you can help them get that mm -hmm. sale, being on the management side of helping them close that deal or get that next lead that's going to pay their rent and feed their kids. It really changes your perspective on what you what you're doing when you're helping and, and not that, not that it's not that way always where we're doing this to, to feed our families. But at that time there was no other jobs right now. Right. There's a lot of plant people have a plan B I'll go get yep. another job because you, they're all hiring too. And they're feeling rather during that desperate. time you couldn't get Nothing. another job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, there was no plan B. Yes. I had to make it work. A lot of them had to make it work. And we were a really tight group of folks that just, we knew what we had to do every day and you had to come in and, and grind away. And once the market tipped, I feel like we, I had built up a really good work ethic and team. And it was just me and Chris. And after I bought her out, 
It was just me for a while before I hired my first employee to help. And then we started recruiting and growing and I got remarried and, um, started opening another second office of the McMinnville office. And then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so that was fun little twist because I didn't <laughs> think I was going to have children. And so opening an office while pregnant and, and balancing all that was, was interesting. And then having, having Laura and trying to manage and run it by myself with one part-time employee was, was difficult, but it was really good because I had a really strong team around me that was very supportive. And I love same thing. I wanted to raise my own baby. I did was blessed to be able to have someone help me. Um, but for the a lot of the time, I brought her to work with me and mm-hmm. had she sat in her playpen while I taught classes and trained agents and went on recruiting appointments and had an agent the other day so they remembered that I showed up to the recruiting appointment with her <laughs> in, in her little carrier so you know it was, that's something about this industry that I always thought when I ever thought about getting out of it is I thought there isn't something that is as flexible I don't as that I, I agree can. there's I, very few and that's why I've always wanted with my employees I wanted to give them that same opportunity where they could bring their dog to work or bring their kids if they had to and um have that environment not that it's always perfect but give that opportunity to somebody else because that was a really amazing opportunity for me to be able to have build a career and be an entrepreneur and still get to be a mom and have some some balance in my life of being able to control my destiny but also have my my child with me at the same time so so now it's kind of like I guess like that so I say the rest so it's a long story in some ways, but then that's the Reader's Digest version of how we <laughs> got here. And now we're six companies and over 100 yeah. agents. And it just kind of was after McMinnville was a, a domino effect of growth, why the market just kept getting better. And we acquired, I started learning how to acquire offices. And um, our brand is really amazing about helping with growth through acquisitions and um, just you know, I, I feel like I grew too fast for a little while there and I didn't really understand all the pitfalls of it because for a long time I never experienced an agent leaving. I never experienced employee turnover. I, well, and we hit a market kind of like what happened in 06, 07. I mean, I know it was yeah. different because the, the the lending issue wasn't the reason that it was happening, but we were right back in that situation. And I can understand how it, 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 because you put so much of your heart and soul into it, that not having experienced that from that leadership role, but how wonderful that you got to have Chris really show you how to do that. And that was what was so lovely in meeting you because the market was shifting. And I remember talking to you even, and we both immediately knew this was an opportunity right? It's yes, things are changing and things could be looked at as hard, but it's an opportunity. And I love that about you. That was another censure. Like let's, this is someone I can partner with. We can make things happen. And I knew that it was one, I think I told you this too. One of the most important things to me was, is like when growing the company was having smart growth that we could maintain even in a downturn market. I wanted to always be able to maintain our infrastructure for a a lot of reasons because what I watched and what happened there is so many companies didn't plan for it to ever stop. They thought that boom was going to keep happening. They overextended financially. 
and they didn't plan for what would happen if the market changed. And not that I'm prepared for everything, obviously was not prepared for what happened, having to all of a sudden go home and work from home and go virtual for a year and wear masks and work and um, deal with all of that that we did. And I honestly thought that everything, I was like, this is what's, this is going to take us out. Like this is going to be the end of, (laughs) but you know, I love um, what it has become, but I always, the important thing to me is that to be able, I feel this great responsibility, even though, you know, people can get other jobs, but we're going through that and knowing how the employees that we had to lay off. I mean, it wasn't my company that Chris had to lay off. They couldn't find jobs for over a year and they didn't have jobs. And I never wanted to overextend to where if we had a market shift, I would have to let someone go because I didn't plan ahead. And I probably am militant too much to that um, because I, I, I without a paycheck for years when I started this, everybody thinks it's really glamorous being a manager. Well, I didn't make any money for a long time, but I did because I wanted to invest it back in the growth so that if I did build this up and get to where we are now, I didn't want to be taking pictures off of walls and shrinking into smaller spaces and handing people their pink slip because I didn't plan for the future. And that's something that I always like to be reminded and go back. And I've kept that picture of us decorating that window. Cause I always want to be reminded like where, where we came from yeah. and how quickly it can all go away and oh change and shift and almost overnight in any business. Seems. I mean, mm-hmm. there, any mm-hmm. business, I look at all the businesses that weren't as fortunate as our industry during COVID and they lost their business and they had to lay employees off. And well, um, even now I'm looking uh, at businesses that did this crazy split, right? And they were like, Oh, 90%, 95%. And then a hundred percent. It all sounds really dreamy until all of a sudden that business just evaporates because oh, they have yeah. nothing to, to, as a foundation, nothing to continue to have you know I know they already usually cut out support once you get that higher split and you don't you don't get the marketing and you don't get some of those things and I know that the because business was so easy it felt like that was the way to go but boy you talk about planning ahead it was all of a sudden that shift and I saw these people with these crazy splits running around like chickens with their heads cut off like we don't have the 400 sales this month to give me that little five percent to keep running you know and then you end up in that situation I don't have anything to offer you or all of a sudden I don't have a home for you to come work that's the other side of you know not just having to take jobs away and opportunities away it's about not being able to support the agents either to do their jobs. So the consumer suffers, the agent suffers. Yes. Um, because when they're, when you get into a changing market and they have fewer sales, it's great. Yes. To have a, a lower commission <laughs> split, right. They get to keep more of their money, but it's also, they don't have the money coming in to support hiring their own, their own team to paying, be behind them. Right. Or and paying so for it's, marketing. Or- yeah. It's really important for me to be able to maintain that so when they do have slower months, they can still continue their marketing. They can still continue having admin support. They can still have their transaction coordinators waiting for them when they get a deal. They can still have all of those things available to them because what I saw a lot, and even myself as as an agent selling during the recession when the market was really poor, I ended up 
carry listings for over a year. Listings just weren't selling. So you'd have, you know, a whole roster and I had new construction. I had to keep advertising them for months and months and months and months of paying ads that I didn't get any return. And sometimes you never got the return. Literally those, some of those homes they filed bankruptcy on and they went back to the bank. So I think it's good to remember that. Like uh, my dad always says, well, you know, he loved history and he said, you read history so that you know what's coming because history repeats itself. (laughs) So so I think it's important for agents. There's so many agents that got into the industry over the last five, six years that don't remember that. And I, you know, as you know, I um, work with Tom Ferry and Tom's uh, for the last three years has been telling agents, pay your bills, pay your taxes and stockpile cash. He's like, just save your money. Stop buying dumb things. Don't overextend yourself because he knew the shift was coming and the agents that didn't prepare companies that didn't prepare. And it just breaks my heart when I see companies did not prepare for even a little dip and companies did close during COVID because they couldn't even make it first through the first couple months until we saw that uptick in sales. They couldn't make it through that 30 days of being closed. Right. Uh, and I don't, it's always been important to me to be smart with it. I of course make a ton of mistakes and we all, you know, think it's never going to change <laughs> like when things are good. Yeah. But I think it's really important for all entrepreneurs to have a, at least have a mentor that's experienced those times, if not. And that's what I love about the team that we have now. I feel like all of our management and a lot of our staff has gone through those changes and can help mentor those agents that haven't experienced that and what they're going to have to do now to sell and what they're going to have to do now to create to, the relationships, yeah, to create the know? relationships, to, to rebuild when, when they've lost that, flow of business that they had or not even know what it uh, originally takes we were so blessed over the last three or four years really to have so much business come to us that it wasn't like when we started 18 years ago it was very different we did have to do cold calls and belong to every group in town and build your network and get to know everybody and market yourself it was a full-time job i'm going to say probably more than a full-time job and it's so funny because i think sometimes people look at real estate agents and they think oh it's so glamorous i'm going to drive a fancy car and then i get to eat bonbons and and really it's uh be ready to go 24 7. you know i have no idea but you really are putting in that energy and it's not always but it's those times and so I think that it was a real shock for a lot of the new people because they hadn't had to experience the kind of work that went into growing at that time. So, well, and I think the some of the best advice I got when I got into it because I very much thought I was getting into a sales position and that scared me. I didn't want to be in sales. I was not that was I was very introverted. I didn't like talking in front of people. I didn't like, I know. That that is like, so right? surprising. I'm like, excuse <laughs> so me. So what happened? I'm, what I've overcome my weaknesses. <laughs> yes, so. So. But I used to like realtor tour. If you, you had to go and you had to stand, it used to be, there was, you know, 20, 30 people there. So yes. the agents there sometimes go on realtor tour. And I remember getting nauseous before I would even go in. Cause I was going to have to stand up and introduce myself every time. Cause you always had to walk, go around the room and introduce yourself, <laughs> let alone talk about a property when you were in there. I hated that it. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's that part of it. It was really a struggle that I mindset of it going from, okay, I'm not really in sales, even though I know folks will argue Agreed. with me because it is, 
what is this? But to me, it's once I shifted my mindset and Zig Ziglar was, I loved anything with Zig Ziglar because it was, he would always talk about how it's about relationships and Thank people. You. Absolutely. And once I realized it was about really helping people and it didn't even matter if you got to help them in a home sale. And then once I shifted over to management, it was really about helping people grow. Yeah. And if I took, if I, if I had to go back and think this was sales, I would not like it. And every once Agreed. in a while, I feel like we shift over that mindset a little bit, especially when the market got really busy and we just felt like we're turning out. Yeah. I almost didn't like it. And I'm then when you. I got to get back to like, okay, now we have to coach and strategize and help each other and pull together. And I, I almost think it's a, it's a blessing for our industry when we go through a little shift because it reminds us all what this is really about. Yeah. And it's about relationships and helping people. And, um, and it's not always about the sale. No, it's about the connection that and helping and educating and empowering. And then that you, you somehow find your way to the people that need you. It, it's I agree with you 100 percent when somebody said so. I had a friend in um, L.A. who had AIDS before we even really knew what it was. And I had come back. I was in um, Santiago. I was in Chile um, living for a little while. And I heard he was very sick. So I came back and I was working because I wanted to plan on my friend living forever. And I remember asking really wealthy people. I was like, okay, so I this office stuff is not for me. Like I come in, I reorganize everything, and then I have nothing to do, and then I'm ready for something. I said, what do I do? How do I go out and, and make a great living? Do I become a doctor? Should I become an attorney? I said, what are the things? And I would talk to these very, very wealthy people. And they were like, well, you could do sales, um, import, export. Not import, export. I have no idea what that is. Um, sales. And I was like, oh gosh, knock, knock, Britannica. Do you yeah. want to buy some books? Just <laughs> like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to sell vacuums. <laughs> Every once in a while, when I get frustrated, though, I do tell people, I'm just going to go sell Mary Kay. <laughs> I think I'm channeling that today with the pink. I'm I like, was going to say, I want one of those pink cars. Yeah, I want a pink car. <laughs> yes. I, I, but I even, even in those type of sales jobs, I think that if you look at it from the standpoint of providing value to Agreed. someone's day, even if it is, if it, if it is Mary Kay, like whatever yeah. it is that you're, you can change someone's life by providing that value. That was our, our long story short there <laughs> of how we got into the business. We probably got a little long winded there. Um, but it was fun. It was really fun to hear your story. I um, I knew you had a history in dance, but I love that, you know, your family led you into real estate. And it was definitely, I think that's something I would love to hear all of our agents' backstories like that. You probably could make a whole season of folks' backstories, but on how it's helped them in their career. Um now, and I think your estate. life too, actually. Yeah. The the challenges I am who I am today because of the challenges I've got to encounter in real estate. And I just don't know if I would be who I am today without it. And yeah. so I think as challenging as it can be, there's once you're pushed to your max and you think that's it, I can't go any further. It's when you can round the corner and you're off and running, it's so well, I always say in uh, real estate, after five years, you should get an honorary psychology degree because <laughs> you have dealt with people in like every phase of of 
breakdown in their life and you've had to counsel them through it. You become, you know, a marriage counsellor, a therapist, a a family counselor. Stress Um, and anxiety. So So we could we could call this the Dr. Lucy and Liana show. Because so. we should have like three honorary psychology degrees <laughs> yes, after all the years we've been in real estate. So. Um, no, but it's really fun to hear that. I can't wait yes. to dig in at some more stories of, yeah. you know, how we grew our businesses and other folks have and hopefully share and learn from each other. 